I bet you didn't know 70% of executives only use one type of social media. 70%. What's easier to guess is most of them use LinkedIn, which is potentially one of the most underutilized social media networks out there. In this episode, I share tips, tools, and best practices to get the most out of LinkedIn. Plus, we talk social media automation and comparing yourself to the competition online. All that and a whole lot more in this episode of Inbound Buzz. Welcome to the Inbound Buzz Podcast, your weekly jolt of all things digital and inbound marketing. Brought to you by redpandas.com.au. Now for your host and co-founder of Red Pandas, Moby Sadiq. Welcome to the very first episode of Inbound Buzz in 2017. Happy New Year. I'm your host, Moby Sadiq, and you're listening to episode number 47. Wow, I really miss you guys. For the first time ever since March, I took a week off, just one week off the show, and it seems like ages. I'm that hooked. I hope you're fresh, in ambition, planning mode, and um, it kind of feels like everyone is right now. And if you are, definitely go back and check out some of our recent episodes if you haven't listened to them already. In episode 42, we discussed world-class tips on dominating SEO in 2017, how to get the most out of your SEO and what are the tools, tips, tricks, what are the, the best minds in SEO doing right now. In episode 46, I took our listeners through how I've been creating strategies over a, a bit of a framework I've developed over the last 10 years. And a week before, in episode 45, I shared an interview with possibly the most strategic man on the planet, who I can't hold a candle to, Mr. Dave Chaffee, where he spoke about not only the things you need to watch out for, but the things you should not be distracted by in this year, like artificial intelligence. Now, okay, speaking of goals, of course, we're in the thick of people not only making goals, but also breaking goals. And one of the things that helped me immensely last year, helped me achieve a lot of success, um, was a, a thing that I've bought again this year, and it's called the Passion Planner. It's, it's a, essentially a daily planner that helps you create and keep track of your goals during the year. It's been an amazing, amazing tool for me. So good, obviously, I bought another one. Now, this thing, it's, it's a bit of a planner slash diary slash goal planning framework, and it guides you how to create, create your goals in a very simple way using a bit of a mind map. You know, breaks them down into the goals and the areas, um, you know, your lifetime goals, your five-year goals, whatever. Very, very simple. It really simplifies it. And then it gets you to break that down into three-month goals. And then it just kind of helps you keep track daily and weekly because it's the daily and weekly things, you know, that either make or break goals. It's not the goals themselves. We're all very ambitious, very easy to come up with this sort of stuff. It's keeping track, in, uh, keeping track of everything and keeping focused. And for me, I found it helped me really declutter and manage my time and continuously, every so often, see the big picture. So if you've been dragging your butt and you haven't written down your goals and you think you could benefit from a tool like this to keep you focused and productive, then check it out. It's not very expensive at all. It's about 25 uh, US for the A5 one and $30 for the A4 kind of one. And I always kind of get the smaller one. It's easier to carry around and you know means I'm more likely to pick it up. Now, not only do I dig the Passion Planner product, I really love how they give back to the community and how they market that to their audience as well. So for every planner, and they're very public and vocal about this, they sell uh, for every single planner they sell. So if you buy one, they'll actually give one away to someone who can't afford it. 
Um, and they call themselves a get one, give one, socially responsible company. Great initiative and love all the work they're doing. And check the link in the show notes. In the link I'll share, you can actually browse through every single page. You know, just next, 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 go through the entire thing free of charge. And check out the, fl- uh, uh, when you go through this, keep an eye out for the free planning tools. See the way- weekly layout. See if it kind of works for you, if you can see it fitting into your life. And um, you get this funky little sticker as well. Mine says, Action Cures Fear. Now, these guys definitely know what they stand for and what little cues, however small, like a sticker, add to their brand proposition. So, great little branding case study in its own right. Okay, let's move on. Now, in 2016, we really saw the rise of a few very noticeable trends. I won't go through all of them now, but very quickly, you know, video for one, you know, as both a means to promote your offering and your USPs, your unique selling points, is definitely one that, although it's been around for a long time, brands are finally starting to catch on to. We also saw Facebook Live skyrocketing as a channel, um, and they've continued to push this as well. And also the importance and increasing conditioning of people using messaging and live chat in a buying context capacity. We're getting used to it. We expect it now. We're looking to find the path of least resistance when we're solving problems online. On the content marketing side, it's great to finally see a lot of brands come around to the fact you can't just spray and pray poor quality content. You pay someone to do 500 words and just kind of churn it out. Longer form, and you know I'm being conservative here, but longer form 800 words plus articles with plenty of dynamic images and videos need to be part of your content mix. Now, these don't have to be there every day. They don't have to be there every week, depending on obviously the scale of your company. Um, but at least once every couple of weeks or once a month will put you in good stead. And you can refer back to episode number 20 where I spoke about how to create the perfect content marketing calendar. The other thing brands and marketers have been focused on is, uh, and it's, it's, it's kept a lot of people quite occupied actually and almost distracted, is how to actually we how do we do all that stuff? Like the doing, like how do we do it? Do we hire freelancers? Do we hire internally? Do we get an agency? How can we upskill our staff? And that'll be a constant. And that's just the nature of digital marketing. And I, more likely than not, we'll do an episode um, in the future talking about you know what parts of your marketing should you be contracting, in, you know, outsourcing, doing them in-house, whatever. But that's for another day. But this has, in a way, distracted a lot of people from recirculating and repurposing the most profitable bits of content. Now, notice I said the most profitable bits of content, not your most popular, not your you know, 20, 30 most popular bits of content, your most profitable. Now, in short, your most profitable content is going to be your bottom of funnel content, right? Bofu content. Um, that's when people are at the, the end of their decision-making process. And there's obviously fewer people there. So it's very conceivable, it's very likely that if I create an article around what is inbound marketing, that's going to be a lot more popular than six reasons why you need to hire an inbound marketing agency, right? Six reasons why you need to hire anything is obviously towards the latter part. It's both, it's bottom of funnel. They know they need inbound marketing. They know they're interested in it. They know what it is. So it's a lot more people there, right? So it's not always your most popular bits of content, but that is a good place to start. Also think about um, you know, your bottom of funnel content as well. Now, having good mix between top of funnel content, middle of funnel content, and bottom of funnel content is one of the best reasons why you need to have a content marketing plan or a content marketing strategy so you have a good diversity of content. 
not too much of one type because too much of anything is a bad thing unless of course it's lobster rolls and you're in Boston then that's okay now speaking of recircling recirculating your own content the only way to do this efficiently is via a tool now what do I mean by recirculating content why would you want to do it you put a post out this is a post that you've you know spent a lot of time creating uh, it, it's writers images whatever and you put it out you post it out I mean even if you just boost it once it's gonna just disappear into the ethers of the internet all the best marketers the best content marketers will repurpose their content you know at least three times maybe in four or five times we're not saying four or five times in a week you're spreading it out particularly especially the content that you create so if it's a video or if it's an article or images or anything like that I mean you should also be recirculating other bits of content but an update right that or a link that you've shared from something else that doesn't really promote you obviously you're going to be less likely inclined to do that now this brings me to my favorite tool of the month and yes there is a free version which I get very excited about and that's called Recurpost. Now my friend Kevin Tang from Viper who I interviewed in episode 41 got me onto this and in short what Recurpost allows you to do is recycle your best updates on social media. The logic being you can maximize the life of your best content by continuously sharing it on social media again and again and again. So um, getting it out there of the every single time you put it out there you're going to have different audiences and people seeing it and you can do so at the perfect frequency and keep your audience engaged with your brand this tool will help you do that now if you're a long-term listener of the podcast not only do i love you very much but you remember i road tested meet edgar back in episode 32 now meet edgar does the exact same thing as recurpost does but it's another alternative and it's a whole lot cheaper and it's got a lot of other cool features as well like the ability to attach video like advanced analytics and this is the kicker it can also help you automatically find the best time to share an update based on when your audience is most likely to respond now it does this via you creating different content groups you upload those content groups and they're essentially buckets right so in the show notes you'll um uh, you'll see something that where I actually created a bucket for uh, podcasts, right? So obviously, podcast is you know one of the owned media channels that you know we create, and I can drop in all my podcast episodes there, and it will just you know rotate those, rotate those. So every so often, it will pull out a podcast um, post, and it will send that out. And I can put the frequency as well. It doesn't you know just so I don't turn it into every day or every week people are getting the same goddamn post again and that's actually how I got onto it so I noticed Kevin we interviewed Kevin uh, obviously you know a while ago now in episode 32 and he kept sharing the post um, where we interviewed him now that I found that quite interesting the first few times I thought oh, yeah that's cool and I liked it and then after the third fourth time I asked him I go man what are you using because it's it's really kind of cool and I can tell it's automated so why I brought that up is that's a post where he didn't create right it's not pointing to his own content but someone's talking about him right so anytime you have a third party perspective talking good about you that's obviously that obviously does a lot in the social proof stakes so that's another type of article you should be posting a fair bit so definitely worth your while check out recur post like i said there is a free version there and you know just try your blog first maybe you do a lot of blogging maybe you have a lot of youtube videos 
um, jump in there you might create a category for your different categories of your blog or you might just have a category for all your blogs load your blogs up load them up as social media posts and pick a frequency you might say okay once a week recur post I want you to jump in there and share something from my blog and then there you go let that thing run now like I said, Meet Edgar is, is still a decent tool. It's still a very good tool. It's a tool I played with with some success. It's a tool that we've shared with our clients before. But the reason why I know such differences, the reason why I know Recur Post is a lot better in my mind than Meet Edgar is because of an article they wrote. Now, they used a type of article, a technique that every single one of you guys should be thinking about doing. And that, my friends, is the Versus article. So the versus type of article is an article where you write an article about you comparing you to an offering, you know, an offering that your customers will always or, you know, may compare you to. Okay, now it's a type of article that will resonate with people when they are in buying mode. So they're in buying mode. That's when they're looking to compare you to something else, you know, one type of tire versus another type of tire. The Canon versus Nikon, for instance, you know, that's when they're in buying mode. And these, these are the types of articles that Marcus Sheridan talks about that, hey, if they're in buying mode, that's where you should be investing your articles first. So if your content marketing isn't working, how about focus on the decision stage or the BOFU content first? Now, Recur Post have this article and it's called Recur Post versus Meet Edgar. That's how I knew about all the comparisons because up until last month, I didn't even know Recur Post existed, but I knew Meet Edgar. And I want to flag Recur Post here and the article not because it's the best example of a versus article but because it's the easiest right it's the most simplest and it's one that i thought you guys could check out and say you know what hey i could do this and all it is it's a table with two very short sentences very short sentences it's barely a paragraph and then you've got the table there and compares them to something else now okay i understand right this may not suit every single type of business or you might need to tweak this particular technique. Now, if you're in the services industry or a very local business, you know, say you're a car wash company, right? And you know, for whatever reason, it looks silly for you to compare to someone who might be across the road. You can compare yourself to, you know, say five other averages, average businesses in the region, right? So, you know, whoever's in your category, you can compare them on average. Or you don't have to do that. You can compare to your industry at large. You know, that's something you can look at as well. And even if that isn't right for you, then Marcus Sheridan also talks about four other types of content that convert, and that includes best of. So what's the best Chinese restaurant in Melbourne? Or the cost of something, we all wanna know the cost, reviews and problems. And we mentioned that before, I'll link to an article that discusses the top five types of content that converts. The key here, of course, is bottom of funnel content. Now. Onto our next buzz. This is one I'm very excited to talk about, LinkedIn. Of course, one of the biggest stories last year was that Microsoft bought LinkedIn for a whopping $26 billion. Now, they haven't done anything revolutionary with it yet. The market's still speculating, what is Microsoft going to do? But what is interesting is the focus on content LinkedIn increasingly has. LinkedIn search is evolving to include more content instead of just contacts and pages. And now when you publish an update or an article, they are letting your friends know. So it's obvious they're really doubling down on the place to go for professional B2B content. 
For content marketing professionals looking to target high-ranking decision makers on social, it's obviously no contest. Data from the latest Fortune Social Register showed that when it comes to CEOs, 70% of them only use one social media network. And unsurprisingly, LinkedIn is the clear winner. It's the platform for a majority of executives. With all the talk of Facebook not too long ago, LinkedIn also surpassed Facebook as the platform of choice. So maybe Microsoft did buy at the right time. Now LinkedIn is highly under leveraged in my opinion. There's just so many little quick wins that are just sitting there. And we found, you know, it's some of the really simple stuff on LinkedIn as well because it's not quite like the social media networks. There's these slight quirks in it. A lot of things in the platform still stump people. For instance, how to best how to best utilize LinkedIn for B2B marketing and how to do so for personal brand building. And really, personal brand building is often and should be the first rung on the ladder because really, people are an extension of a brand they work for. Yes, it's important to optimize your page and you can do that pretty quickly within a day or so, to be honest. Just download a template and you'll find the best practices to do. LinkedIn makes it very easy. But the bigger priority for me would be to optimize the key champions or faces of your business. This include, this could include your C-suite. It could include the owner and you know, something that we're currently doing for a large hire company in Australia at the moment is focusing on the BDM, the business development managers, because they've gone out, they've purchased, I think it's called Sales Navigator or something, and their version costs them $50,000 a year. But the BDMs, the, the guys who are the face of the company, most of them don't even have decent profile photos. So speaking of optimizing your profile, there's two resources I want to share with you. The first is a PDF I received from the friendly people from the Australian LinkedIn office fantastic team caught up with Gemma and Josephine there thank you guys and thanks for sharing this resource now the PDF is titled the LinkedIn profile playbook and it has stuff I mean most of it's pretty obvious but you just see people ignoring time and time again my favorite has to be the lack of a professional profile photo the only thing worse with not having a profile photo is a photo of you at the races or your brothers or sisters winning or a selfie in the car, all of which I have seen, especially in the last couple of weeks in the work that I'm kind of doing for one of my clients. Now, the other quick things you can do is capture your URL. So mine is linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Moby Sadiq as opposed to forward slash 4356VF7. And it's good for your personal SEO too. And then there's some elements, although it can take time, um, you know, they're really worth doing so. It really helps you and your team stand out as professionals, like writing an article that lives at the top of your profile, just underneath your profile photo. This stuff can be great, and you can start with articles or updates you already have. Now, don't forget, I'll share that playbook with you. If you jump into the show notes, there's a link, and you can download that PDF. No gate, no email, just download it, right? All right. Now, speaking of, I'm segueing the junk out of today's episode because that takes me to my next thing, and that was writing fantastic LinkedIn articles. I want to share some of my tips, but first, there's an awful lot of confusion around what an update or an article is. You find people use them interchangeably. They're not the same thing. When you log into LinkedIn, you'll get the option to write an article or share an update. So articles are personal, right? Articles are for you know personal profile. Updates are for personal end pages. Okay, now that's a difference. So an update can link to anything, can link off to a link on your blog, can link off to anywhere. Um, you can embed a YouTube video, or of course LinkedIn owns SlideShare, so you can uh, you know 
kind of embed a um, slide share there, like a PowerPoint, it's kind of like a PowerPoint. Now, some of the things you share as an update, right, whether it's a video or, you know, an infographic, whatever, think about writing as an article instead. So, you know, an update just kind of is there and some people might see and then it kind of dies, but an article lives forever, right, under your profile. This won't work for everything, but say you're going to share, you got, you know, you guys did a new video, right? You did a new video for your company. These are our key USPs. This is why we're so fantastic. And opposed to just sharing it is create an article, you know, have a sentence or two, a bit of a blurb and embed that video as part of the article. Because when it comes to articles, LinkedIn will advise all your connections via a notification to all your connections. Hey, such and such has released an article now you can actually turn that off right but most people don't know how to so that's a, a good little tip there when you're writing articles right when you're writing some of those more traditional kind of articles the ones that you see that do very well and they're quite viral and it's something i highly recommend it's to be honest it's something that i probably haven't done enough of last year i've been focusing more on facebook and the podcasting but I'm going to start by repurposing my own content. So just as an example, the interview I did with Dave Chaffee, you know, on digital marketing trends and predictions was, was a fairly popular one. So that's ideal for me now to maybe turn that into a first person article where I can just kind of drop in there, right? And um, that's my first tip. But just on that, when you write, write in first person, right? In most cases, try to inject a little personality if it's fitting. In my last episode, I spoke about how to write for medium and some of those tips apply here. So for example, make bold statements. And if you do how to's, you know, make them less technical and easy to digest. The next tip is tag in at LinkedIn Pulse. So if you've ever noticed you've logged into LinkedIn or, you know, you might even get their newsletter, LinkedIn Pulse, there's all these articles that they've curated from other people. Now you want to be one of those people. This is particularly good if you're writing something that is a bold statement or you're trying to ruffle up feathers or you're trying to help in someone's career, right? A particular type of role. They're kind of things that are decent to tag LinkedIn into. Now, LinkedIn isn't your day job, so don't let that demoralize you. Publish stuff you already have for starters and also check out this nifty little HubSpot guide I've shared in the show notes for you. It's about how to publish for beginners on LinkedIn. Not bad. I've used it myself. Now, Let's talk about, finally, what actually works on LinkedIn, okay? So for this buzz, I want to refer you to another guest we've had on, Steve Racing from BuzzSumo. And he's written a post on the most successful LinkedIn headlines and topics of 2016. For me, LinkedIn is going to be a big channel, big focus for me this year, and, you know, one that obviously I admitted I had, I've kind of overlooked, but this will be a godsend. This is an article I'm going to bookmark and go back to again and again and again. It covers, as you can kind of guess, the most popular headline phrases, words, topics, and then goes into detail and what Steve's kind of learnt from LinkedIn influencers and non-influencers. And we could probably learn most from the non-influencers because, I mean, like, whoop de doo right? Like, Richard Branson could do a post with the lyrics to Bohemian Rhapsody and it would go viral. Check out the article in full, and if you read nothing else, Check out his section on the top performing topics on LinkedIn. This will be very useful for your own content mix. So, for instance, the number one phrase was how to, followed by the future of, and you need to. And that was the top three. Then we had, for instance, why you should as a phrase. So the phrase why you should coming up. And then you learning from as the fourth and fifth most popular, respectively. So, for instance, I'm planning to use the third one, right? You need to. 
to write a post. So for example, I might do, in 2017, you need to ignore what digital marketing experts are telling you. And the idea here being that, you know, let's talk more about the things that won't be changing and the things that haven't changed as opposed to shiny objects, which has been a bit of a theme for me last couple of weeks. So Steve rounds it off with his own takeaways, which include write about success. You know, we all aspire to be better and improve as professionals. And this is absolutely the perfect context for it. You can be a little bit more personal here whilst being professional. When I say personal, I'm not talking about things like, you know, political views or religion or anything like that. They're big no-nos for LinkedIn. I'm talking about things like sharing your professional mistakes and a show a slightly vulnerable side in the context of professional improvement. That's the stuff people want to hear about. Check that link out in the show notes as well. Bookmark it and revisit it all year. Now, final little tip is a cracker that I picked up from good friend of mine, Justin Thang, and co-host of our Facebook live show, The M&J Show, and that's the ability to export your LinkedIn contacts in a CSV. Now, I was a bit embarrassed. I only learned this in December, but did you know you can actually go into your LinkedIn, where all your contacts are, and export your entire database? Now, this could be pretty cool. I mean, you know, for the purposes of email marketing, and again, no spraying and praying. We're talking proper contextual inbound marketing emails, personalized emails, because nothing's worse than just burning all your contacts that way. Or using Facebook custom audiences, you know, exporting those, then uploading that into Facebook, targeting them, and targeting people like them. You can do that. Now, of course, if you don't have any professional contacts, you need to work on building relevant contacts. But if you've got a fair bit, I think I've got about you know 1,100 or so. You know, that's that's not bad. That's pretty good. Good enough for me to export and do something with. And by the way, shameless plug: if you want to check out a very raw amateur Facebook live show and want to see what it looks like, then you can check out the three episodes of the M and J show Justin and I have done at facebook.com forward slash M and J show no ampersand. Talk about being vulnerable and putting it out there. So that brings me to the end of another episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate your time and hopefully you got something valuable and of course actionable out of that episode. Hope 2017 is going pretty good for you so far and this is the year you just give things a go. As Einstein himself said, anyone who has never made a mistake has never tried anything new. See you next time for another episode of Inbound Buzz. Thanks for listening to Inbound Buzz. Learn anything? Return the favor by spreading the word. Want to make your mark in digital? Need help with your digital strategy, inbound, and marketing automation efforts? Then visit redpandas.com.au and be sure to tune in next time for another Inbound Buzz hit.